0: FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz. Each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast.
1: Welcome everybody to the Grizzlies Basketball Podcast. Uh, I am Evan Barnes, your host for this episode, filling in for our esteemed columnist Mark Giannato. Um, I am joined by our Grizzlies beat writer, DeMichael Cole. Um, to Michael, I have to just say, as the former Grizzlies beat writer, I have to salute you. First of all, you've done a great job, you know, taking the baton and running with it. So kudos to you for that. First of all,
0: appreciate you, Evan. Appreciate you. Uh, my man, it was great. You know, seeing all the, the great things that you did before I even came here. I know uh, when, when I got the job, a lot of the stuff that I did, I was reading your work and just trying to get, you know, just a feel for, for what I was getting into.
1: So um, that's a credit to you as well. I appreciate that. And again, keep checking CommercialAppeal.com. DeMichael's doing some great stuff over there. But this isn't about me and DeMichael. This is about the Grizzlies. You want to hear about this team. You want to know what's going on with this team. As we're recording this, um, they've just finished playing the Indiana Pacers. So we're going to talk about that game. But first, let's talk about the fact that the villain is back. Dylan Brooks is back. Uh, DeMichael, he came back the other day against the Oklahoma city thunder. Um, Why don't you go ahead and tell us what did you think about how, how he looked in his uh, return? Yeah. I mean, I I think it was, it was seamless pretty
0: much. And, 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 you know, at the time of this recording, we are recording this before uh, the game against the Pacers. So he'll have a second game under his belt at that point. But in that first game, you know, I think it was pretty seamless from the fact that he came in and he spaced the floor. He, he gave, you know, He 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 gave other players good opportunities. He made some really good passes. Uh, he took some nice spot up three-point shots. And then he, you know, did some things off the dribble as well. So we saw kind of the full scale of things. And I thought it was pretty interesting how a big part of um, him coming back was the fact that, oh, you know, how will the shot distribution work now with Dylan Brooks in the lineup? With Desmond Bain, take less shots, Sean Moran, Jaron Jackson, who's gonna be impacted the most? Well, in that first game, as we saw, Uh, All four of those players mentioned, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain, John Morant, and Dylan Brooks, all finished between 15 and 13 shot attempts. So there was an equal distribution there. And, you know, that wasn't on purpose. That was just, as Desmond Bain said, they're just playing basketball. You know, they're finding the open man, uh, you know, creating open opportunities for each other. And that's happening within the Florida offense. So for him to come back in the Florida offense and to, you know, seamlessly incorporate himself that way. I thought it was really good. Now a lot of things, you know, um uh, still remain to be seen. I know, you know, he's still not fully up to speed from not from a physical standpoint, but from a just you know uh playing with all these players who have progressed a lot since he last played.
1: Definitely. I think it's gonna be interesting because obviously we've we've been kind of waiting to see what this team looks like with a fully healthy starting five with Ja, Dylan, Bain jaron and steven adams um and now we're finally hopefully going to see that for a stretch you know fingers crossed no injuries but it isn't it isn't and like you said i think the one thing that i took away like you said the shot attempts were pretty even um i think we may have talked about it before with dylan brooks back you got four guys now who are capable of giving you 15 points at least and that's what you need going down the stretch that's what you need for the playoffs is to have players who can give you more than just what john Morant can get you when he goes off so i think. That's going to be really fun to watch. And then um, coming off the bench with Zaire Williams, he had a pretty solid game. What did you think about how Zaire transitioned back to the bench?
0: It, it was it was a, a pretty good transition for him, you know. And I think the biggest takeaway for me was, you know, we kind of grouped since the Grizzlies have a 10-man rotation. It's easy to group it as five and five. You know, the starters play together, the bench play together. But, The the, he only played about I think it was like four or so minutes with just Tyus Jones, D'Anthony Melton, uh, himself at the three, Kyle Anderson, and Brandon Clark. That lineup exclusively wasn't used a lot. He played a lot of minutes with the starters. He closed that game against the Thunder with the starters, and and Brandon Clark was in that lineup too. But but it's a lot of mixing and matching that Taylor Jenkins does, and that's allowed you know for it to be an easier transition for Zaire Williams. um, He fits in nicely with the bench. I think he fits in better when you add a guy like Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks, which they did at times in that Thunder game, into the lineup because you have that shot creator. Um, whereas with the entire bench lineup, you know, you have Tyus Jones who likes to get guys involved. De'Anthony Melton can do a thing, you know, off the dribble, but it's usually, you know, one dribble, two dribbles, you know, And uh, Brandon Clark does what he does in the paint. But when you bring in a Desmond Bain or or a Ja or, you know, a Dylan Brooks who can create and make things easier for for Zaire, because at this point, you know, most of his work is spacing the floors, spotting up, making making easy, you know, corner shots, three pointers and
1: running the floor like a deer. Definitely, and of course, we know him running the floor usually leads from alley from John Moran, yep. which has been very fun to watch. I, I admit that's been one of the most fun things every game is to look to see when John Zaire are going to link up. Um, so that's really good to see. So obviously, now looking ahead at the schedule, you know there's two games on the road at Atlanta on Friday at Houston on Sunday. I believe you're going to be at those games, right, DeMichael? Yep, yep, yep. I'll be so, there. Okay, so I guess now what we're going to look for is how what are you looking for to see kind of how are you going to be looking to see how Dylan Brooks integrates himself more in these two games or just kind of what are you going to be looking for to see how Dylan Brooks went from this game to now getting his legs wet? You know, obviously coming off the Patriots game, but now going into these these next two games, which the Grizzlies will probably be favored in. Yeah, um,
0: it's it's going to be in terms of we're going to see him, you know, he's coming out as being. Very, you know, just trying to find his way with these teammates. Now, I think after he has a couple games under his belt, it's going to be to the point where, okay, he has a better idea of this new and improved Desmond Bain, you know, or a better idea of, you know, the way John Morant likes to get himself, you know, more aggressive since Dylan Brooks last, play. he's been a much more aggressive player. And then something like, you know, a guy like Jaron Jackson, how to work off of him as well. And playing with a guy like Zaire, who you know, was lost the last time Dylan Brooks played. Now he's a completely different player, so it's going to be a completely different look. And I think now we're going to start to see Dylan Brooks get those guys the ball in their spots where they like the ball, as well as they start to get a feel for how he fits into the things that they've done in this recent stretch. So it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch from that perspective. And then defensively, you know. Energy wise, things like that. You know, Taylor Jenkins said after that first game, there wasn't a hard minutes restriction for Dylan Brooks, but they wanted to stay, you know, around 25 minutes or so, and he played 26 minutes. So that was perfect. And as time goes, you know, they're going to ramp him up even more. And watching that first game, you know, Shai Gilges Alexander was the big matchup. Well, in the first half, Desmond Bain guarded Shai Gilges Alexander, whereas in the second half, Dylan Brooks picked him up. So I'm sure, as you can attest, in you know, when he's in normal peak condition, uh, where he's had games under his belt, he's getting that matchup for, you know, as long as he's in the game. But I feel like in that first game they kind of worked him back in, said, you know, hey, in the first half, you guard Trey man, and then in the second half, shot is yours. So when they play Houston, for example, or or we can do it Atlanta, because you know, you're gonna have Trey Young and and they have a really good backcourt there. But but Houston in particular stands out because that's going to be a game the Grizzlies uh, really won't want back. You know, they they remember losses. And Jalen Green and Kevin Porter combined for 53 points in that game. So Dylan Brooks will get one of those guys,
1: and that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. I think obviously, you know, not to look past Atlanta, but that Houston game yeah. is one where I think if you're a Grizzlies fan, you hope the Grizzlies can um, – Put forth a better effort because frankly that 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 last game in Houston was embarrassing. It was probably one of the more embarrassing losses they'd had since Christmas, honestly. So I think that definitely will be a, a good game to watch to see Dylan Brooks impact. And let's go back a little bit to to this Patriots game because um it's a homecoming game for Desmond Bain. And I know last season, you know, obviously with the pandemic, it was a little bit different because, you know, there, are, I don't think I don't think the Pacers Arena had many fans in there, so it wasn't really a true homecoming for Desmond Bain. He was there, but he didn't really get to you know go anywhere. But mm-hmm. this is a trip where he got to go back to Richmond, where he's from. He got to see some some people, and he's probably gonna have some people you know at the Pacers game. So, uh, Demichael, what do you what are you expecting out of out of that for for Desmond Bain? I believe you have a uh, you have something coming up about that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's gonna be a, a a fun you know a fun fun experience for him. And, you know, you can read about it at com. We're going to cover it. He's, I mean, you you know, Evan, he, Richmond is, is his backbone. He talks about it to us, you know, unprovoked a lot of times. He brings up, you know, Richmond, what it's meant for him. And he's Richmond, the basketball time. I actually did a story uh, before just about Richmond and, and his, his background there. And I, I talked to uh, one of the few, division one basketball players that has come from there. And, and he talked about how, you know, Desmond Bain is, is the guy. Now, a lot of people there have NBA league pass because of him. A lot of people there, you know, watch him as, as he's, he's the guy from Richmond and it's a basketball city. It's a basketball area. We know Indiana overall is a basketball state, but, but yeah, he's going to have, uh, I mean, a lot of kids, boys, boys in America, uh, club kids are gonna be at this game. Uh, they're bringing a like a watch party bus, up uh, to Game Bridgefield House to to tune in. It and I mean Desmond Bain, he's the guy in Richmond, and that 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 goes to, sh- to just to prove it. But but I mean you can attest, Evan, just how much he talks to us about you
1: know Richmond and what it means to him. Definitely, and I remember you know covering Desmond Bain a little bit. You know, Desmond always talks about just understanding where he comes from. You know, he's somebody that understands the value of being at a small high school where, you know, his graduating class was about as small as mine. My class was like 13. I think his class was, what, 20 or something. So, like, he understands the value of representing home. And you did a great story talking about that impact, you know, before the All-Star break. And I think for him, it means something to be able to give back. Like, you know, the one of the the first time I actually met Desmond Bain in person, he was doing a basketball camp in Collierville, and that was something that he was really excited about. He was really happy to to be a part of. And then he had a, a, an event before the season, I believe this this year, where he had like a you know back to school giveaway, you know, and he yeah. was really excited about that. So for me for, to hear this from you, that's exactly the kind of a great sign of who Desmond Bain is. And something that Memphis can look forward to because again, Memphis is about community and guys who are giving back in some way. And so to hear what Desmond Bain is doing in Indiana, that should excite people in Memphis to see how Desmond Bain is gonna grow and continue to impact people in Memphis as well. So that's really good stuff there. Um let's go ahead and jump into this two C chatter. Um I, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm, kind of excited. I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to t- talk to you about this because I've been watching the games and I've been looking at the standings and I'm looking at the Warriors and um, it's going to be really fun down the stretch where, you know, the Grizzlies right now, as we record this, are tied with the Warriors, but now it's like, okay, whatever way you slice it, the Grizzlies are probably going to have their highest regular season finish in terms of standings in franchise history. And it's going to be fun to see this race between them and the Warriors. So, so, Michael, I'm gonna let you go and then maybe I'll I'll add a little bit later, but just how excited are you to kind of see this this two seed race play out, especially now if the Warriors, just like the Grizzlies, have a big piece back now with Draymond Green healthy? I I, I can't
0: wait. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what happens. But I mean, you just mentioned Draymond Green being healthy. That's a that's a big change of things. I mean, the Warriors were struggling. And that later stretch without him and just speaking to the Warriors specifically, Draymond Green came back and I believe his plus minus in that game against the Wizards was was 24. I mean, instant instant impact, (laughs) 20 plus minus of 24. And just to put that in comparison, I mean, I think Steph Curry, who scored 47 points, by the way, was the next closest. Uh, with plus 17 but i mean clay thompson was like a even zero and jonathan kuminga who started in place of draymond green in that game was like negative 10 i mean draymond basically came back and he only he did that in 20 minutes so he played 20 minutes you know minutes restriction because of the back injury and all that and boom hello 20 plus plus 24 in 20 minutes so he is a game changer let's let's not Let's not, you know, understate his importance because, you know, the lack of scoring and all of that stuff. But he's a game changer. But the Grizzlies are playing are playing really good ball. And I think that's what makes this a really intriguing stretch. Uh, Whereas at the time of this podcast, you're talking about the Grizzlies have the 10th toughest remaining schedule in terms of schedule strength and win percentage. Whereas Golden State is 15th. So both have some tough games. When you talk about games against play-in teams and playoff teams, uh, Golden State has five remaining. The Grizzlies have seven. Uh, they both, you know, have some some tough games coming up. I think, you know, Golden State just after, you know, their next stretch, they ha- they have Boston. And then after Boston, you know, they get a couple games against, like, San Antonio, Spurs, Orlando. But they have the Heat. They have the Hawks. And then that big game, you know, March 28th, we're going to dive in, you know, a little bit more as as the time get closer is the Warriors and the Spurs. I mean, the Warriors and the Grizzlies play against each other, and that's
1: going to be a big one, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, we want to shout out Tankathon for those schedule rankings, uh, a great site to have as your resource for that. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the two seed race now that Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green are back, I think to me, both of them have that impact of that tough Spirit leader, as Taylor Jenkins always calls Dylan Brooks, that that tough emotional core that was missing. And now both teams have that back. So it's Mm going to be fun to see how both teams play out, you know, leading up to that March 28th game, which is why I think the Grizzlies need to win, you know, at Atlanta and at Houston. I think those two games are important to win to kind of give yourself a chance to win a game you should win. And then to get ready for that final stretch, these last 10 games, which are going to be really um a gauntlet, if you will. And, and, and in my mind, it's a gauntlet because if you look at the last 10 games for the Grizzlies, you got hosting Brooklyn, which means Kyrie Irving is probably going to play. You got Indiana, you got Milwaukee, Golden State, all at home, at San Antonio, you know, hosting Phoenix, at Utah, at Denver, and then you close off with New Orleans and Boston. I know you'll get to those games later as we get closer, but that's a, that's a tough schedule where every game is going to matter. And so that's why I think this two seed race is so fascinating because if the Grizzlies come through unscathed and get that too, I mean, you get home court against the Warriors in the second round, you get a good possible matchup against the playing team, which is not going to be easy, but I think it's so exciting to see kind of, Hey, the Grizzlies have had this great season. And now you're not just playing meaningful games down the stretch. You're playing games that a lot of people are going to be watching and seeing. So who knows what can happen there? And yes, that March 28th game, I I don't want to get ahead of myself to Michael but I I'm I'm ready for that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about
0: you. <laughs> that's 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 going to be the big shifter and who knows, you know, um what the rankings will look like at that point and 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 we'll we'll get a good look of it. I know I think you know, I wrote a story last week about, you know, this upcoming stretch for the Grizzlies and then I think I said that best case scenario, you the Grizzlies should be up a game or two going into that stretch, but I mean, games like that loss, you know, against the Rockets, you know, mm-hmm. that that could be a big one because now that now Draymond is back. And when before he got hurt, his team was playing really good basketball. So that that's probably that Rockets game, you know, for March sixth, that loss, uh, that was probably gonna sting if it, it might come back into play. Uh we're gonna see. You know, I think it's it's gonna be an interesting you know, I it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors continue to incorporate Draymond Green, um, what games. You know, Steve Kerr likes to sit guys out and and all of that. Does he play his guys? Like, does he go hard for the two seed? Steve Kerr is known to, you know, he they've had important games earlier this season where he doesn't even, you know, they played Denver a couple weeks ago, and he didn't even bring Curry, Clay Thompson, and Wiggins on the trip. So it'll be interesting to see how they chase it as well. We're sure, I mean, the Grizzlies will chase it. We do know that.
1: Definitely. So let's go into this this question right now. Should Grizzly fans be more concerned with the two seed or watching the Lakers to see where that lottery pick ends up? Because I know we've talked about that. You've written about it. What do you think fans should care about the most?
0: I think the two seed is a little bit more important because the difference between the two seed and the seven seed it's honestly, I mean, it could be a first-round exit behind that three seed. I mean, you look at the standings right now, the Nuggets are the sixth seed, and the Nuggets, you know, we just saw them. They they beat a very good 76ers team, and not only did they beat them, but they had all these players step up. And not only that, but there, I mean, there is a chance that Michael Porter Jr., And Jamal Murray could return. Hmm. Not saying that it would happen, but if they get a guy like Jamal Murray back, we're talking. I mean, we remember how good the Denver Nuggets were (laughs) when this was a this was a consistent top three team in the West when they had Jokic and Murray uh, running that pick and roll. And 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 Murray comes back; he doesn't have to be the same Jamal Murray. His Jokic is just. I mean, he's at a different level now. I mean, he's an upgrade over you know, Monte Morris, as good as Monte Morris has been, uh, you just have that shot created, that scoring impact that Jamal Murray brings to the game. Then you talk about Michael Porter Jr. and what he brings. You get that three seed. That's the team you're looking at playing right now. Whereas the Timberwolves, I will admit, the Timberwolves have been a tough opponent for the Grizzlies this year. You, you, you saw that game where uh, they kind of beat, they blasted them earlier this season. They beat the, beat the Grizzlies pretty good. And then the Grizzlies won after that and then the Timberwolves won the last meeting i believe right before the all-star break so this is a this is a tough uh matchup either way it goes and it could be the clippers as well cuz the Timberwolves and clippers will play that 7-8 play-in game and right now you know the clippers could get Paul George back so at the end of the day there's no running in the western conference but that 2 seed is a little bit more important because you, I, I just think you should want to dodge the Nuggets in the case that they do get one of those or possibly both of those players back. And with that that lottery pick, it's important. I mean, I don't want to understate how important it is because, you know, as I said in that story, in the last couple years, we've seen players like Chris Duarte for the Pacers averaging over 13 points a game. He was drafted in that 11 to 14 range, which is where that pick is currently scheduled to fall. And also... But the year before that, Tallarese Halliburton, who is emerging into one of the best young point guards in the league right now, he was drafted in that 11 to 14 range. That's where that pick could fall right now. So the, you're talking about either getting a very impactful player or possibly packaging, packaging it for something else. So Evan, they have really good options. But I mean, I think that two seed um, can really determine how far they go.
1: I think you said it. I mean, from what you said, the two seed is in the Grizzlies' control. And, you know, that cliche people throw in sports control what you can control. And I think you you laid it out very well. I think the two seed is more important for Grizzly fans to to pay attention to because, yes, you know, if the Lakers, you know, avoid the the bottom 10, you get that lottery, you know, you get that lottery pick if it's at 11 or better, which is good. And it's going to be important. I think people should, should keep an eye on it. And if you want to watch, you know, the Lakers just completely find new ways to hit new lows. Um, sure, watch it. But I think, like you said, the two seed is more in the Grizzlies' control. Um, I think that's going to be the most important thing to watch, um, just because, like you said, there's a lot at stake. The matchups are there. There's players you can get healthy. And most importantly, you want to see how the Grizzlies stay healthy, because let's just hope that everything goes smoothly and that – you know, they get into final form, Dylan Brooks gets into shape, and ultimately we're set for a nice playoff race because I think that's going to be as intriguing as any race um, to watch coming up because typically, you know, national audiences are going to be watching the top of the conferences, right? They're going to look to mm-hmm. see who are the best teams going into the playoffs. So a lot of eyeballs are going to be on that Grizzlies-Warriors um, race down the stretch. So I think that's more important. The lottery pick I think it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to say first world problems, but it's like, yeah, if you don't get the lottery pick, okay, that would be a problem. You get the lottery pick, cool. We can talk about that this summer, this off season. But I think most important is can the Grizzlies hold on to the two-seek? Because that's going to be, one, what they can control, and two, a lot of intrigue could happen in the playoffs if that happens. So we're wrapping this up real quick. Um, DeMichael, I believe you have something coming up uh, as as we're recording this podcast. You have something coming up where this – um. The Grizzlies are going to be playing the Nets on ESPN on March 23rd. That's next week. Uh, I believe you have a, a story coming up talking about that matchup, but also what's going to be going on around that matchup. So why don't you tell us what's uh, what's going on with that?
0: Yeah, uh, Evan, it's going to be one of the biggest uh, all-access events that ESPN has has ever put together for for an NBA team. I, I mean, it's a it's a complete credit to what the the Grizzlies have done this season. So the Grizzlies will get all access from, you know, the day before. I mean, going into that morning of the game against the Nets all the way up into tip. I mean, we're talking, you know, behind the scenes with film sessions, uh, workouts and and everything in between, you know, with that. So this has only been done. I mean, just to put this in perspective for people, this has only been done twice. They did it in twenty eighteen for the Philadelphia 76ers. They did it in 2017 with the Toronto Raptors. So, just I mean, this is going to be a mega event. Uh, NBA Today Show will be on site. NBA Countdown will be on site. Uh, this Just In, Get Up, First Take, all of those shows will have people uh, in Memphis. Stephen A. Smith will be in Memphis. Kendrick Perkins, who, you know, has been a big advocate for the Grizzlies this season will be in Memphis. Malika Andrews will be their sideline reporter. Mike Greenberg, uh, Jalen Rose, Mike Wilbon, QB Brown, the former Grizzlies coach will be there. So it's it's a mega thing. And, and and like I said, it's only been done twice before this. Hasn't been done you know, since the pandemic. We're talking 2018. So it's a credit to what the Grizzlies have done this season and it's going to be a great opportunity to showcase what's going on in Memphis. And just another thing I found was pretty funny, but but timely as well. So as we know, ESPN removed a a, a Grizzlies game. I believe it was <laughs> January 26th. Right. Against the Spurs, and they replaced it with the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. Well, turns out Uh, John Morant, who, you know, made a tweet and, you know, John Morant is is vocal about those things. And he talked about, you know, ESPN removing, removing them off of national TV and and so forth. But the ESPN people who I spoke to said that that actually factored into the decision to give them all access. So John Morant's uh, cry was heard. It, it, It found it found the hands it found. You know the face of the right people who can make those decisions, and and yeah, so this has been a a month or two process uh, for ESPN to put this together. Like I said, it's gonna be, you know, behind the scenes film session, weight rooms, workouts, uh, mic'd up coaches, mic'd up players, and a lot of this is gonna be shown throughout the day. I mean, from the I believe it's the seven a.m. Sports Center, six a.m. morning, you know, Sports Center, the first morning Sports Center that comes on. Uh, will be you know, Memphis will be the highlight, and it will be all the way up until you know NBA, the Today Show, uh, NBA Countdown, Get Up, all of those shows will have people shooting from Memphis, and and even more than that, uh, like I said, Stephen A. All of the biggest names are gonna be here, and then after the game, when Scott Van Pelt does the late night show, that's when you're gonna see uh the late you know more of the coverage in terms of the mic'd up sounds sights and sounds from the game and throughout the day they're going to show on espn's networks you know the film sessions coverage from the film session the workouts all of that stuff so
1: this is really big stuff evan And you are hearing it first on the Commercial Appeals Grizzly Basketball Podcast. So I encourage you, if you're listening to this, read the Michael story on that. It is going to probably have some more details, some great interviews. That is huge for the Grizzlies. It's huge for, for Memphis. And I think it's more reason why, one, Go to the game that day because, you know, that game is going to be a great game with the Grizzlies and Nets. But if you can't go, watch on ESPN because that's going to be awesome. Because, again, we talk about how the Grizzlies should be on national TV. More people have talked about that on Twitter. It's a great rallying cry. Here you go. An all-access package. That's going to be great. Again, DeMichael, kudos to you for reporting that out. I can't wait to read that story again is you know as we, as we record this is gonna drop probably after the story drops but i want to read it again because that sounds like a you maybe want to read it man so this is what you get when you get the commercial appeal you get excellent coverage the grizzlies um Michael, again you're doing a fantastic job man keep up the good work um we're gonna wrap this thing up right there I think so uh to Michael, you got anything else you wanna add before we wrap up Oh, that's that's pretty much it. Um, just stay tuned
0: of our coverage commercialappeal.com and we'll we'll have much more uh coming from this and we'll have some excellent coverage as well as going into the trip to Houston. Uh we're going to have some good coverage down there as well. So, yeah, stay tuned for that too. You heard the
1: man, DeMichael will be present at Atlanta and at Houston. So, stay tuned to see what he's going to to have from that, but he's got some good stuff cooking for you right now. So, Thank you guys for listening. Again, you can read us at CommercialAppeal.com. For DeMichael, I'm Evan. Enjoy. And uh, March Madness NBA style. It's happening.
0: The Grizzlies Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.